if my goal is to get to a million euro per month, I've no idea how to get there. I've no idea how to get there. I have to scale this. I have to build out a new team. Who do I have to hire? Do I have to work with it? Like you, all these thoughts start to come together and that's how you start thinking bigger. So remove the how. And then when you wake up in the morning on your vision board, have goals on there that are so big that basically when you when you look at them, you're like, you don't know how to get there. But throughout the day, you'll start to think of ideas and, and different thought patterns. He had a brand new Mercedes. He had a watch. He wore suits. I knew he was on holidays two or three times a year. I knew he had a massive house uh, in the countryside in Ireland because he rented it to my father a couple of years back where we went down and stayed there. So I was like, okay, this guy's doing something. I need to speak with him. Michael Jordan done some illogical shit over the years in order to get to become Michael Jordan. So did any athlete. So did Cristiano Ronaldo who moved away from his from his parents at 11 years of age. That's an illogical thing to do but looking back and seeing that it's like okay that was that was the step that people need so people need to remove the logical step and understand that people who are doing big things they, they don't do logical things that is basically what society tells them to do they, they just don't so we've been planning this podcast for such a long time man i think it's actually been over two years yeah finally we're here we first started it, you were in Marbella at yeah. the time, I was in Bali at the time, and you asked yeah, yeah. me to come to Marbella. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, you should come to Bali, and then fucking Scamdemic happened, and yeah. then just jumping around, but two years later, <laughs> we're finally sitting Fuck there, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot has happened in that period for you, and that's only in two years, and obviously you've been at this for a long time. Yeah. And I was going through a lot of your work, and I saw on the 8th of January 2021, Yahoo Finance named you one of the top 30 male entrepreneurs to look out for. Yeah. It's a pretty good call after yeah, what's yeah, happened yeah. in the last two years. Yeah, yeah. How do you think you like went from pretty much being broke to like literally where you are now? Uh, I suppose getting one foot in front of the other. Like I always say that this, the, the quote that you might have heard me say before is that is that 18 feet feet of the, 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 the car. So mm-hmm. like a car light only goes 18 feet, but you can drive from New York to L.A., Mm-hmm. with that 18 feet just continuously opening up. So for me, it's just, I just put one foot in front of the other, man. I just like research one thing, implemented it, research another thing, implemented it, and just try to try to get one foot in front of the other every time. Mm. Where did that come from though? Where'd you get that idea from? Came and put my back against the wall. <laughs> no other option, man. Uh, basically, yeah. Found an opportunity. I was waiting for this opportunity for a long time. You know, throughout the whole of school, I, would, I was always that guy. Something's going to come. Something's going to come. Mm-hmm. And then when it came, I was like, I'm not letting it get th- slipped through my fingers. So it's basically putting one foot in front of the other and just making sure that I'm not letting it slip through and making sure I, my back is against the wall. So I have no other option to burn the boats as they say. A hundred percent, man. And uh, burn the boats, something I've learned from Rob recently. He's literally like, burn the boat all the time. No other option, man. You can't. No successful person has a plan B. Do you think when you split your focus dilutes the progress yeah if you chase two rabbits you catch none for sure <laughs> there's a book called uh, there's a book called The One Thing by Gary Keller it was actually the second book I ever read okay. it was actually sorry the third book I ever read I read The Secret which someone dumped in my lap and I was like what the hell is this mm-hmm. read a book and I never thought I'd see myself <laughs> reading a book before now I've read hundreds um, so I read The Secret I think of Grow Rich and then the third book was was the one thing by Gary Keller. So yeah, it completely dilutes your focus, which is a struggle that I have at the moment right now is is, is trying not to chase the two rabbits and making mm-hmm. sure that I'm sticking to the priority list. 
But you have a lot of brands now under. Yeah. And I think you should put, put some context in terms of like what they actually are. Yeah. So firstly, like, why did you diversify out of just your agency to begin with? Why didn't you just keep on that path to just do what Marcus Hustle says and just fucking scale the shit out of it? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Marcus Hustle. But yeah, um, I suppose with it was it was the natural transition. So uh, very few people know this, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say it. I flapped two clothing brands over the past couple of years since the since COVID first came. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was January. Was that 2020? 2020 when that came. Also 2021, two years in a row. I tried to start a clothing brand and both failed. One was called Script, and the other one was called uh, Elysian. I remember the second one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they both got nowhere. So. I always wanted a brand. I always wanted a brand. And it felt like the natural transition for me from working with so many brands, like getting them to, I've seen brands go from 15,000 euro per month to 2 million euros per month. Like I've seen it firsthand over a two year period. So I was like, this seems like a natural progression for me to, to eventually have my own brand. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it opens up my career path. Right. So, if I have an agency, I'm the agency guy, right? I can, I can, I can, I can, you know, I, I can deliver an amazing service along with my team in the agency world. But when I have the brand, it, it, it opens up my career path in regards to, it feeds into the previous thing. So for example, right now I've have, uh, I have a fulfillment partnership in the North of Ireland and I've so many of my agency clients are now in that same fulfillment partnership because I've went out of my way to, to, to connect all those dots mm-hmm. and now I'm more valuable to my clients so it was a natural career progression for me and it opens up the actual potential for growth so I went for me it was going horizontal and then going vertical with the things that I went horizontal with so I always do try position it as one company so my company name the powered group is is the, is, 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 is the group of companies. But basically the, the goal is that I have one company that grows e-commerce brands. We do that through investing. We do that through marketing and we do that through consulting. So it's three divisions of one company. So it kind of, it, it was just like the natural progression and Grant Carlone is a great mentor of mine and he has, his brand is 10X. So he's, he now has like 10X growth conference, 10X investing, 10X capital, um, 10X charities, and he 10X health services was his late one. So it just opens up that career growth, basically. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I was getting to a certain position with the agency that I, I was kind of struggling for that next level. And I, I didn't know, I, I, I couldn't really see myself, I couldn't really see that getting to like, you know, the... Gary V, like massive corporation with offices and stuff like that, because my uh, my staff are all over the world. My staff are in all over Europe, all over all over the US, etc. So I didn't see myself bringing everybody to Ireland but logistically. I couldn't see it working. Yeah, of so course. It just felt like a different natural progress, and I always saved money. So I I read Rich Rich Dad Poor Dad in twenty eighteen, and I read it again in twenty twenty one, and obviously I took the book completely different 2021 completely different so i was like okay use cash to buy assets was the takeaway from the book mm-hmm. so i was like okay i've been saving cash for years and now when this opportunity came i was like yeah division just aligned and i always wanted my own brand why do you think that 
the two brands flopped when you had so much experience building other people's brands? Because I've zero experience from starting a brand from scratch. Mm. So for example, we never work with, I've never worked with a brand that's a brand new startup brand. Like if you want to work with us now, it's like, you know, you have to, would have, you need to be at like around $50,000 per month in revenue. But previously I never worked with a brand from scratch. So I knew how to, I didn't know how to get from A to B, but I knew how to go from B to C onwards. One to 10. Yeah. 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 I didn't know how to go from, how to, how to actually start at the one, but if it's at 10, and that's where, that's where I had four years of experience getting brands from, from 10 to hundred. I mm. didn't have the one to 10 experience, but I tried it and it, it, it just, it just, it just didn't work out, but mm. every failure is a lesson. So it was all good. Of course. The main thing is you keep momentum going yeah. and you're always rolling. You know what I mean? Yeah. want to go a little bit back. So obviously we've been following each other for quite some time, but your perspectives is very unique. And I think like you've quite a unique perspective on many different things, but how did you kind of break that small town mentality that kind of lets us keep things small? Let's not think global. Let's not think on this huge scale that now you're operating on. Yeah. So how did I break that? Um, I suppose I, I do consider myself to have like, so I, I, I consider myself to be a little bit of a visionary, which is yeah. a recent discovery of mine. <laughs> <laughs> what made you see that? I don't know. I just kind of, I just kind of see, I can see kind of, 20 years into the future, but I can also see six months into the future mm. and what I would like to create and build. Uh, and that I kind of reverse engineered it into my daily tasks. Then, you know, I, I, I and so my, my second point is the, the visionary, but my second point is I, I'm a deep thinker. Like I just think like I could sit in the car and I can, I can sit in the car and just literally sit there for 15 minutes, just in such deep thought that someone has to like, Adam, are you, are you, are you like, are you will come back to earth here? Like I'm such a deep thinker. Um, so I kind of just, I kind of just, just started piecing it together. So I just started extracting information everywhere and figuring out what's possible and then thinking a plan into place, I suppose, and how I can create, I'm here. I, I want to get to here. Mm. What's the vehicle to get there? So I just kind of just kind of kept i just thought it out man you're actioning the advice though you're not just fucking thinking about it and reading yeah. books you know what i mean and that's yeah. a big thing i've learned from you is the fact that yeah. you consume a lot of content yeah but then you actually action it yeah very how, true. how do you find that balance because i have my i suppose my daily structure like i'm very goal oriented as well from from bob proctor i'm going to probably mention bob proctor numerous times <laughs> out this podcast but uh yeah so i'm very goal oriented so i do kind of reverse engineer the goal as well Okay. So, for example, my, my my goal might be here. I know I have to to, to take in this information to implement it here. So, like, my I've I've like sixty to ninety minutes in the morning. That's that's my time. And then after that, then it's action time. So, like, my <coughs> essentially nine to five hours are action hours. You know that that that's my doing time. If I at night time or in the morning time or whatever the case may be, that's my thinking time or research yeah. time. So I never really think as in depth as I would in the morning or the nighttime during my action period, mm -hmm. because you know, you can read all the books, but if you don't want to implement things, nothing's going to happen. You know what I mean? But it's good that you have that consistent flow of like new information coming in because not a lot, yeah. lot of people do. And I kind of wanted to ask you about that as well, because you're very religious in terms of in the morning, you're reading your books, you're actioning it. And then in the yeah. evening you're thinking about things and then you do the work in the middle. Yeah. So like, how do you set your life up for that? Because 
you know, a lot of people train in the morning. I train in the morning, and sometimes like that might actually gas you for the day a small yeah. bit, you know. Yeah. But you've kind of like fine tuned and found your rhythm, yeah. which has really worked for you because you've all those fucking results and all these outcomes as a result. Yeah. Um, I suppose it's just being trial and error, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, like just real trial and error, and it's real, real awareness. Like it's it's real again the deep thinking. It's like I don't think mo I don't think very few people actually think hundred percent, man. Like what Bob Proctor says is like if people said what they were thinking, I be sorry, people. If if you listen to what people were thinking, you would realize they're not like very few people actually. So critical thinking is actually a skill, like a muscle that you have to work and develop. So just kind of structuring your day is like, it's the first thing nailed down the habits. Like if you create that habit, then the habit will create the result you want. So mm -hmm. kind of basically building my day and my structure around what I want to achieve at that certain period mm. of, of my life or, or the year or whatever. Of course. Yeah. And I think this goes back to actually rootlessly doing it then, which is yeah. the biggest thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So when you kind of like decided that you were going to break out with your agency initially and kind of build up from zero. Yeah. How did you go from zero to one? I know you had all those issues before you left your nine to five. Yeah. And then you started implementing actually the work. But like, how does someone actually bring that forward? Like, what's your path to getting it kind of correct? Um. So I suppose it's a very, very tough time. It's mm -hmm. a very, very tough thing. It's completely uncomfortable. It's, it's, it's difficult. You know, you have to battle a lot of stuff, a lot of doubts. You have to listen to people who are telling you that, you know, what the hell are you doing? But you have to be like what i say to people is like first of all your commitment and then your levels of seriousness so some people are not some people are like they think they're committed but they're not really so like they're they're not fully committed they're not their levels of seriousness are, are down here when they need to be up here because if your levels of seriousness are, are up here you will just power through it so my levels of seriousness were completely like i am fucking making this happen mm. because i've have 45 points by leaving cert. <laughs> what? Like that's literally like, you get that from writing your name on the paper. So like, why did that happen? Tell oh, me back man. there. What the fuck? My leaving cert. As in like, why you like, so how, how did that come about? Cause you're obviously a super intelligent dude. Yeah. And you're you. when you, you like, you can, you've obviously applied yourself. Yeah. And it's obviously an application of knowledge. And that's yeah. what, like, what this is, you know, yeah. you could do a nine to five and you could hate it. And then yeah. therefore we'll do nothing. Yeah. Whereas now you enjoy it and you have that, kind of fit so like how the yeah. fuck does that happen in the first place so <laughs> school is a funny time for me like yeah. i was only in the sixth year of school which is for anyone outside of ireland that's like your a levels are i think a levels are finally oh yeah whatever it yeah, is your final year i was only in school 22 days of the final year so i just i just never went i just couldn't stick it and i knew people and contractors who were like construction workers or, or builders or block layers that would be like you know adam are you around wednesday and thursday so I, I'd be like, I'm like, yeah, because I could go to, I could go to work for them and get 80 euro mm -hmm. a day or go to school. So every day I was like, fuck that. I'm going to make 80 euro. And essentially I just hated school. So, and I just kept going to different jobs. I was working part-time for like a gardener literally during school. So I was just doing random, <laughs> random like laboring jobs all the time. But I was making a lot of money, man. I was making a lot of money. Like I was driving to school I, I don't my living since 2014 i was driving to school in like a 2012 like a really nice car that i bought like i was driving to, like so i whatever i was doing was producing a, an income for me so it was starting to work so basically in school i was in there 22 days of sixth year just just never went just couldn't stick it but i suppose 
it's very hard to put something in without getting something out. And here's how Ty Lopez completely, completely changed my life. One lesson he gave me is two lessons. Sorry. Okay. Ty, in, in school, like you have to, if you don't read all these books, if you don't, if you don't, uh, if you don't study, if you don't get really good points, if you don't go to college, you're not going to be successful. Okay. Ty Lopez says, here's all, here's my Lamborghini. Here's my mansion in Beverly Hills. Here's my private jet. Here's my lifestyle. Here's my charity. Here's my mother retired. I got all of this from these books. It completely switches the mindset. Mm -hmm. So it creates that desire and know you're interested in actually reading the books rather than it being shoved at you with no outcome. Mm -hmm. It's it's like that fear. It's like if you don't read a book, you're you're not going to get there. Whereas if someone actually creates the desire and the interest for you to go find out information and go study the greatest minds that have ever lived <laughs> to get the outcome that Ty Lopez has, which is a natural emotional attraction that all of, that all of us want, then you can go, then you will actually commit to it. So school was kind of the same for me. I used to go to a guidance counselor in school and he used to, he printed off for me every single college course in the whole country of Ireland, every single apprenticeship, every single degree, every single like technician role any any every single like uh corporate growth like big stack of pages i used to come home at night time with a highlighter nah don't want that <laughs> don't want that maybe i'll be an engineer a week would fly by then like i don't want to be an engineer i've no interest in being an engineer like mm -hmm. I, I was never so i could never attach myself to something so then basically i couldn't commit to anything I, because i had no interest so I just couldn't, couldn't commit. So I, I just bounced around in careers. Mm. So because I had no interest, it, people, teachers would call my mother and say, like, get Adam into school. Like, you know, he's behind. But I had the ability to catch up with everybody in a week because it was never an intellect. It was an interest yeah. thing. So because I couldn't commit to anything, I couldn't put my potential into it. What made you interested in what Ty Lopez was selling though? Because it's no ceiling yeah. to your career you can put and you you can you determine outcome you'd have no no like you've no idea what can what can happen <laughs> like you like it's literally and, and it, it is like like right now as we were just saying there before we started i'm 26 like i'm four and a half five years into like my own i suppose career now at the end of my lifetime i'm hoping to set my family and my future generations up for for their future life like mm -hmm. kids grandkids etc i'm i'm my life purpose and commitment is to put a, an, a, a vehicle for them to be in the next phase of their life so I, I i couldn't see that avenue from any other option that the guidance counselor was working with me with so because maybe i saw that from what ty lopez was was bringing me i was like okay fuck this could be it and then we're goal seeking organisms man once you set a goal then you become alive and you get obsessed and and the opposite is also true though if you are in like that nine to five and take it from someone who's literally done possibly as most someone can do at 25 years old yeah. like i literally did as much as anyone could possibly do like i was earning 100k at 25 years old yeah and i will still tell you that you are insanely capped and it, that's what leads to this like fleeting fucking unfulfilled lifestyle because yeah when you're someone that's kind of geared like us and of course you're miles and miles and miles ahead of me but it's the same mechanics under the surface yeah 
And when you have that restriction on you, it's like a cage animal. Yeah. That's what gave me the most frustration in that. Yeah. And I don't want to sound like disgruntled, but it's definitely just what that's after. And we discussed this previously, you know, in terms of like, when you know what there's this cap, yeah. why the fuck would I work harder? Exactly. Because even after, and actually I thought even a funnier story, I don't give a shit to end this off. <laughs> I worked for a managing consulting firm yeah, yeah. in Dublin called Accenture, right? And uh, in my first year, I remember did a load of shit, load, load of shit. And because of COVID hitting, happening, I actually took over a project. Okay. So I was running this project and it was like a $1 million or $2 million project. And I was literally doing it myself, doing okay. all the resourcing, all the planning. I was 22, 23 years old. And at the end of it, I got promoted. Okay. And when I got promoted, I still got promoted to the same amount that everybody else made. And I said, oh, but could I not have just skipped this fucking level? Literally, it's called level, it's game. Yeah, and gone yeah. to a different level. And they're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. So input does not equal different output. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when the whole system breaks down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for you, you're not really interested in fucking social media marketing or digital marketing or whatever. It's yeah. more of this is the vehicle. And that's why yeah. I love when you use that word vehicle because... Yeah. It doesn't really matter what the thing is. It's no. the fact that you attach it. Now, yeah. question for you off this is, you had no skill in that initially. No. So how the fuck do you fine tune that skill yeah. to be able to drive something forward like that? So I suppose that's the first step is getting the skill. You have to, you have to get the skill. But like from the previous thing, from the previous question, you go to college to get a skill and you sell your skill to your employer. Whereas you can... That, that 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 training is not on your clock yeah whereas the training of personal uh, skill sets is on your clock because mm -hmm. you can spend the next you can like anyone right now can can spend the next six weeks every single night learning something mm -hmm. and you will be fucking phenomenal at it in six weeks if you commit to it if you don't watch movies if you don't do whatever the fuck you, you do at night time you commit so for me, it was the Ty Lopez course. I, I, I bought Ty Lopez social media marketing agency course. And that's a four month course. I'd done it twice in like two months. So I was nonstop. I was like locked away every single night on a broken computer. How does this work? Rewinding the video, watching it again. How did he run? How did he create this Instagram, Facebook ad? How did he, you know, write the headline? How did he design this? I just watched the video back, watch it again, write, write everything down, rewind, watch it again, study the mindset program, study the business program. How, do, how the fuck do you send an invoice? I didn't have a clue to do that. I used to have to watch <laughs> lessons, but I like, I used to have to watch YouTube videos. How do you send an invoice? What is an invoice? Like, how do I put tax and VAT on an invoice? Like, I didn't have a clue. You know, what's, you know, what's the best thing about that is when you do it, you're like, it's done. I don't need to relearn it. Exactly. exactly. That's the best feeling. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's, that's a phenomenal thing. So if, if it's on your clock, you can commit <clears> to it and you can spend the next six weeks nailing a skill because when you nail a skill, it's that skill is going to benefit your life so massively that it's worth your trading. We're trading time here. Like our life is just time. No one knows how much time we have in life. Our life is just simply time. So what is Bob Proctor for the second time? His, his term of happiness and success is the transaction for time for something worthwhile of your time. So like actualizing what your time is, is gone into. Whereas if you're putting your time into something you don't like or you don't love, you're going to be unhappy. But if you're actually selling your time and your your mental energy every single day for something that you really really desire 
you're that's you're happy 100% you're happy then so 100% it's it's like your your time is all we have like need it people need to realize that time is all we have so if you're selling your time for something you don't like of course you're going to be unhappy mm -hmm. it's like giving away your last your last money in your bank account for something that you don't want mm -hmm. time is much more <clears throat> valuable than money so having the time into something that you want will make you push to achieve the skill set at an expert level much quicker I want to ask you about influences yeah so a lot of your mentors i guess were some of those bigger guys mm. so like can you talk to me about that because those guys are were you know millions of steps ahead of you and yeah. there's this kind of like you know kind of like trend i guess also on twitter on fucking all different platforms like oh you don't want to be like the top top of this certain category you only yeah. want to be looking at people a couple of steps ahead of you which is which is a good point it's a very valid point yeah. but for you you had those like mega fucking names yeah how beneficial do you think that is versus just people that are a couple of rungs ahead of you massive huge because again i did have i did have kind of some like i suppose semi mentors back in cork that were mm -hmm. like you know uh just in all different corporate careers right and what they were telling me was very very different to what the the, the grand carones the ty lopez the, were, the american were, mindset were telling me yeah 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 it is man it's the thinking big yeah so it's like trying to make that quantum leap <clears throat> trying to multiply yourself there's a book called u squared for that fantastic book it's about multiplying your own effectiveness to, to, to quantum leap ahead not really just kind of going semi sideways <laughs> eventually you know you don't want to get there when you're you don't want to get there in 30 40 years you want to get there now so it's like it's like going that that bigger kind of leap and bound kind of th thinking big i suppose so i was kind of just again i just got so obsessed with like grant cardone mentor um interviews uh and like his kind of mentorship tips that i just watched interviews all the time i just mm. kept soaking in and i still do to be fair i still i'm always listening to something like so eventually when I just kept taking, I kind of just kept downloading all their thoughts into my own brain. And then they kind of just became part of my day to day. hundred percent operations. It's subconscious. Then you're it's just fucking, yeah, you're yeah, moving yeah. with it. Exactly. exactly. I, I like the fact that sometimes it's subconscious, but sometimes it's actually conscious yeah. that it actually kicks in hard. Yeah. And, uh, one of my good mates who I just released a podcast with called Ned Phillips. So CEO of a $50 million company. Yeah. He's a, fucking genius guy and he says so he's an ultra marathon runner yeah and uh one of the one of his mentors has said something that so that um it's acceptable to say nothing if you're suffering yeah um it's not acceptable to whine but it's admirable to revel in the pain okay. and i fucking always remember that when things get difficult so yeah. when things are really difficult if you take it on and really run with it yeah and you're like this is shit i'm gonna keep on working on it yeah. and you just put your head down you get it done now I'm not saying like not fucking discussing like how it feels or whatever yeah. but just understanding that this is when everyone's given up yeah and this is the more difficult point and yeah. that comes to my actual conscious whenever i'm training yeah. whenever i'm working on something whenever yeah. if i'm doing difficult podcasts and preparing for difficult, difficult podcasts yeah it's like this is the breaking point where everyone yeah. else is giving in i like that i like that that that, that that's that's very very good mm. um i'm halfway through a book called relentless as well by tim grover and very very similar thing mm -hmm. it's like he positions people as closers and cleaners and the cleaner is the person who goes past uh, from good to great so it's like when it gets tough now you're starting yeah that's when you're starting so quite similar to, to that point 
I want to talk about some of the challenges you had with the agency in the beginning. Yeah. So, of course, like where you are now is fucking, you know, it looks great, whatever. But what were some of those challenges when you're getting your first client? Like, how would you help people position themselves to start tailoring up their first couple of clients, the first couple of thousand in revenue? So, again, I didn't even know kind of all this type of stuff back then. Like, I didn't know, like, <clears throat> starting a business was such a daunting term to me back then because no one in my family or any of my network ever had a business before so I was like it's just a very very daunting term so I kind of just removed that and again going back to the one thing that that book that that book was a massive help for me I was like okay what's what can I do right now like what can I do right now and there's there's a thing it's like in five years in sorry in 20 years in five years in six months in one in one month and today what are, it's like a, you create a domino effect. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, what is the one thing I can do? Okay, what's something that most businesses need? Okay, most businesses in the local area need new customers coming in. How do they do that? Okay, if we can advertise in, in a 20 kilometer radius, giving somebody a really good offer, and when they come into the, to, into the store, into the clinic, into the shop, give them something that will have them coming back again. And I, I was like, okay, that's really, really good. So I wrote out like, okay, and my second client was an optician. So I was like, okay, an optician. Sorry, my third client was an optician. My second was was a, like a bar restaurant. So I was like, Your okay. first was a barber. First was a barber, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for example, I for, for the three of them, I I I I've done the very basic maths. I was like, okay, for example, if you're an optician, if you buy glasses, if you come in for for checkup and you get contact lenses, that's a monthly subscription. If you get glasses it's going to cost hundreds whatever the case may be okay so if i can get someone in their door for like 15 euro and they end up selling 300 euro that's a 20 times return yeah and i was like okay i, I i've done the maths and I, I wrote this out loads of times on paper because my biggest fear at the time i suppose was looking like an idiot for people to be saying your man you know <laughs> Adam, Adam used to Adam, remember back in the day when Adam thought he could start the business. Yeah. I, 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 that, that was my fear. That, that was something that I was like. One thing though on that is the fact yeah. that when people say shit like that, even if it went yeah. tits up, right, you're still a mi million miles ahead because you went and did the oh, yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Like oh, if like, you're I, right now, I, I wouldn't give a shit. I wouldn't care now. Of course, but even at that point, and I know you're subject to these yeah. uh, like social like dynamics when you're younger, or whatever. Yeah. You know, at this point, I literally could not give a shit about <laughs> yeah, any about, yeah. about like anything. Like literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but of course, like in the earlier stages, like you're very like uh, susceptible to yeah. what happens in the space. You yeah. Know? So like it would be much better to have tried and. And, and failed and mm -hmm. failure doesn't failure is only a temporary stop anyway yeah. rather than never trying at all so like if you're trying respect to you fucking hell ha, ha, like hats off to anybody who's in that phase right now of starting from scratch mm -hmm. like i know what it feels i bought a broken laptop from a polish guy who didn't speak any english <laughs> in a warehouse in cork <laughs> that i found on dundeal for 200 euro it's such a cork story yeah and i came home and the thing took like it sounded like a hairdryer it took <laughs> it, it took it took like 15 minutes to come on mm -hmm. so i know just me and that laptop and wi-fi in my room like i know i'm, I'm starting from scratch it, i know how tough that is and it's like it's just mentally terrifying mm. you're like what the hell am i doing is this actually going to work it's just just constant doubt so if you're in that phase, keep going. If you are someone who is, you know, basically trying to make it happen right now and you're in that phase, 
just keep going, keep getting better and better and better. And so that when, when I had mathematically mapped it all out for the client, step one, step two is building the confidence in myself that I know I can actually get this result that I've mathematically mapped out. Mm -hmm. So when I had that mapped out and now I was so confident in delivering the service, all I needed was someone to speak to. So when I could start to speak to someone, I was like, look, here's the maths. I was like, here's the maths. Does this all mathematically add up? They say, yes. Okay. Here's what I can do to, here, here's the strategy to, to, to achieve this mathematical business growth, which is a result. So I'm the person to do it for me to bridge this gap for you. I think my first client was like $400. So I was like, it's going to cost $400. She was like, okay, it sounds, it actually, it actually sounds, sounds quite good. And I was like, what? I was like, what do I do for me? <laughs> so I had to go home, figure out to send an invoice. I had to go home and figure out all these things. So for the first client, I would mathematically make sure it all added up. Mm -hmm. Or if it's not, if it's not like a revenue growth service that you're offering, if it's a, a video or if it's organic or whatever the case may be, is having this solution to whatever, whatever you're doing. If, if you're having, if, is this solution going to be worth it for you? How can this, whatever you're trying to deliver, be worth it to who you're trying to deliver it to. So very, I just really logically toned it all back down and made it super simple for me, which made it super simple for the client. And then I got one and then I, I just started thinking of creative ways to speak to restaurant owners, business owners, again, found the optician, mm -hmm. things like that. So I just basically said to everybody in my network, if you say this to your employer, your manager, your boss, I'll give you 50% of the first month's fee. So they were like, oh, fuck, that's, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. How much do you charge? Okay. The second, the first one's 400. No, the next one's 800. So like if someone connected me with their, with their employer, I went down, had a meeting, charged them 800 euro. The invoice comes in. I send them four straight away. They made 400 euros for making the introduction. Mm -hmm. So just, just out of the box, out of the box, making it happen. And this is why your back's against the wall because I, I just, I was at home making sure this has to happen. I had no other option. Mm -hmm. Do you know man I love that when you are gaining that confidence how do you realize that like okay this is there's longevity in this because so mark researching the market I was like okay realistically we're advertising on like it was it, okay advertising marketing budgets for companies is going nowhere every companies are always going to spend to increase their 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 business growth okay okay that's going nowhere okay Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, they're going nowhere. They're, they're just a fucking platform. They're, like, they're so, relevant. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're not going away. So connecting those dots, okay. Advertising, business are going to need to advertise to continuously grow. These platforms are going to constantly evolve and adapt. So I know that there's going to be an avenue for both to, to, to keep going. Mm. So I could just see that in the future. I was like, I, I could just see this is, this is where it's going. I mean, like, at the time, Gymshark just blew up. Like Gymshark blew up. Like Gymshark was massive. And when I rewatched the Gymshark journey from say 2013 to like 2018, I was like, it's all online. Everything here is online. They don't have a store. Mm. So I'm like, is this going to be the new thing? And that the e-commerce world then took off and COVID and stuff like that. So I could kind of from so much research and putting so much in, downloading all this information, I could kind of make a strategic estimate of what I thought was going to continuously happen. You know, what's interesting with you is the fact that you built all of this without much of like a social media presence. No, 
know, I had and that's, 800 followers on Instagram. And but it was just my friends. And they were irrelevant, you know what I mean? That didn't yeah. contribute <laughs> yeah. towards the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is quite interesting because, like, most people now, I don't know, is it like 2023 and onwards that, like, they'll check out whether it's your LinkedIn or your Twitter or yeah. your company page or whatever. Yeah. But you did all this legwork with f- literally is nothing in the back end. Yeah. There was no or around you so you had no skill which you obviously learned yeah. and then you had no presence no. and you've obviously been doubling down on that recently yeah how do you acquire those clients without your name being out there that's a lot of, that's a big struggle for a lot of people yeah it's very very tough so i suppose i suppose like i'm i think i'm quite good at like maneuver myself into the right circles so for example um my father literally my father was speaking to uh his like um, health insurance guy. He drove a Mercedes. He wore he wore a Rolex. I was like, okay, what's? I need to speak with this guy. Get like, rich by making rich people richer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this guy, he knows something. I need this. I, I rang my dad. How can I speak with him? Rang your man. He was like, oh, I'd love to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you do? And he was like, oh, my best buddy owns a recruitment agency. He might, he might, he might, he like, he'd love, he'd love constant leads coming into the business. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do any advertising because he taught me recently. Would you have, I'll give him a call there and see if you can speak with him. That was my fourth client, 1500 euro, 1500 euro for a client back in my fourth client. I thought I, I made it right. So I maneuvered myself into that circle by having a perception. Okay. This guy drives a, whatever was it 2019 maybe 2018 he had a 2018 mercedes s uh, class whatever the the best one is anyway i can't remember mm-hmm. he had a brand new mercedes he had a watch he wore suits i knew he was on holidays two or three times a year i knew he had a massive house uh in the countryside in ireland because he rented it to my father a couple of years back where we went down and stayed there so because okay this guy's doing something i need to speak with him got his number rang him and then he introduced me. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that might work. My friend has a recruitment agency. My other friend owns um, a coffee distribution business. And I just started connecting with all. So he, he started passing me on numbers. And then Fuck he was that. like, Geez, this, this young fella here is, is great. He, 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 he's ringing all his friends. This young fella is fantastic. He's after getting your... So they're a recruitment agency for like Eli Lilly and stuff like that. Massive. So like if they get someone a 24-month contract, their commission here is like 18 grand. Mm-hmm. I think it's like... 10% of the annual salary or something like that. So it's like 18,000 euro. So I was getting him leads, people looking for jobs for 50 quid. And he was selling them an, basically an $18,000 product. So he was, so the recruitment agency owner was ringing that guy and telling him, this young fella's fucking brilliant. So then that guy was ringing more of his friends saying, Jesus, I have a young fella here. He's, he's brilliant. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's doing something online. I don't know what he's doing, yeah. but it's working and it's bringing more business in here and everyone's happy. Do you want to, do you want to chat with him? hundred percent. So it's creating your own luck, man. Yeah, you're getting yeah, yeah. into those, those environments and you're yeah. creating your own luck. I think it's quite interesting though, because you stayed local for quite some time, which yeah. I'm quite yeah. like surprised about in some regards, because like most people would look at an American market yeah. or UK, like yeah. all of my clients are, are US, yeah. uh, a couple but but yeah, mainly US. So it's just quite interesting how you had such dominance in a small, and not necessarily a small market, but like a local market. Yeah. And then you were able to scale out of there. Yeah, I suppose. I, I didn't even know, man. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't even know. I was just trying to, I was just trying to get that 1%. I was just looking for the compound effect. Yeah. Like I was just trying to get better. Um, <clears throat> so that kind of just happened. I, mm-hmm. did, I never actually planned that. Uh, what about your fulfillment? So when you were constantly like, leveraging up and trying to get better and this is a big thing I want to get into as well as like 
how do you ensure that you're always hitting your targets, always having a nice smooth back end? Like how does that work when you're at the early stages? Yeah, so that's a daunting task as well. So again, I used to again when I when I got the first clients, again for, for weeks I was like watching the Ty Lopez videos. And as I said, I was what he was literally going through an exact tutorial how to set up an ad on Facebook or, or Instagram. Yeah. And I was like watching it, going back to the start, watching it again before I go to bed, watch it two more times. So I was like, I was ready to run. I was ready to create this Facebook ad in my sleep, like with a blindfold on. I was ready to do it. <laughs> so when, I, when when an actual, say that, his training was very generic. It wasn't for any specific thing. So when the optician and the barbershop and that stuff came, mm-hmm. I was up at 6 a.m. I was down in, in, in a Starbucks and I was on a laptop and I was watching a video on exactly how to do that for a barbershop for an optician for something else and basically i was able to bring what ty lopez was teaching plus my own research into the fulfillment for the client and basically just i suppose did loads figured out what worked and what didn't mm-hmm. and just kind of made it happen from there what about the pricing so we were chatting before and about uh Zarek, who you know i was going to podcast with him recently yeah and uh a big thing that he's pushing is obviously uh, like rev share, rev share, rev share. But of course yeah. you like, you know, you're at the early stages, you're trying to get your pricing right. Like yeah. how did, how did you scale your pricing? That kind of, that kind of just comes. And I like every time I suppose over the years, it's just been every time there's a new client it's 500 or there. <laughs> like every cool. time. So, opening, yeah. But that comes with, with like expertise. Like I'm like, okay, what we're doing is valuable enough for, for we ha- we deserve to charge this and we should be charging this because if i don't charge this i'm not going to have a player a player talent in my company so i have to charge this mm-hmm. so i think with the with, with the pricing it was like okay we made one of our first ever e-commerce clients we made them like an extra eighty thousand euro in a month and i was like okay if i'm making them eighty thousand euro in my head i was like okay let's say they have a 40 percent margin that's x amount and then i'm saying I can charge them this, including all the ad spend, VAT, fulfillment, all the other expenses. They're still making massive profit here. So I kind of just basically mathematically stripped that back. What's the service worth? What's the value? Here's the value. And then again, bigger clients, bigger spends, bigger results in return for them. Again, adding on another service mm. and just basically being able to to, to increase the, the fee from there. We do have rev share clients right now. We do have, you know, big retainer clients that are just flat, flat fee retainer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that kind of just came as, as the clients got bigger, the budgets got bigger, things like that. We just kind of, you feel it out yeah. as you go. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. But it, I had, I suppose I had kind of a guidance from Ty Lopez from day yeah. one. He's like, get to a place where you're charging clients 5,000 euro per month minimum. Mm-hmm. And like getting, he, he was like, you can eventually work with massive clients that you, charge more like that you charge rev shares and 10 to fifteen thousand dollars per month so it's kind of just having that borderline guidance and then <clears> just kind of implementing it then step by step yeah so as i was discussing like you didn't have that audience yeah. so how were you able to kind of bring the outcomes you're bringing for other people to like new clients like what is it how are you able to kind of build up those like uh i don't know like testimonials case studies so that you can yeah. go for the 15 20k big day clients how does that come yeah out? <laughs> <laughs> um, i suppose i i don't know man to be honest i just kind of oh, 
I suppose I kind of got one client that was, I suppose COVID started coming in. So it, it probably, my first e-commerce client was probably a good couple of months before COVID came. Mm-hmm. And I just got connected to that person from another person who I was speaking with. That was not long ago, man. No, Fucking no. hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was kind of like, are you doing any, like, what's your, what's your uh, structure with advertising on Facebook, Instagram, Google, et cetera, for your, for your brand? And he was like, oh, the girls in the office just might, you know, spend 20 euro and they were just like boosting the post. Whatever. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, you can do so much more here. And he was like, oh, really? He was like, someone told me about that I should be doing this. I'm actually quite interested. I was like, yeah, let's, let's have a meeting next week. And then we chatted over. Mm-hmm. I was like, look, a very, very small fee. Pay me a thousand euro per month for now. And let's, let's try it for a month. And he was like, okay. And then we made him 80, 80 grand. So that was a long-term client then back then. And you haven't had any clients really churning out of that process then as a result, you know? Yeah, exactly. So like, if you're actually, it, it, it's very, very simple. Like, what mm-hmm. it's very, very simple. We'll make you multiples back of what you pay us. Like, it, it's just that simple. There is mm-hmm. no, like, it's, that's all of our focus like on the top of our on the, for the agency on the top of the website says revenue driven results like yeah. it's just it's just more it's just increasing the revenue for e-com brand we've all our own strategies to do that across the board mm-hmm. but it's very very black and white the revenue is growing yes thumbs up it's just that simple like if people are like if people are looking for all the the, the other metrics and they're looking to grow followers or they're saying you know our cost per click, our average order value, stuff like that. We work on all that, but the goal is to get the revenue up. And if we do that, that's that. That's what we do. If we don't, we'll tell you before you tell us, mm-hmm. and we just grow your revenue, man. Like that's it's just it's just that simple. How have you seen your revenue grow over the years? What was the kind of trajectory? Um, How did it grow? I suppose when I think actually it was just sorry, no, it was before I just moved into the leasing in Cork. And that was like my fucking, that was my, my dream board, like the Elysian in Cork, like the biggest building in Ireland. That was my, that was my dream apartment. And I suppose one day I actually was just, I don't know, I was working for ages and I just checked my stripe and there was 11K in 30 days. So I was at like 10K a month, 10K a month was my goal for so long. And I, I hit it without even realizing back in late 2019, started 2020. <clears throat> so that was kind of just, I just kind of hit that. Then I, I, I always say 10, 25, 50, 100. That's kind of where, that's what I always recommend people. Okay, if, where, where are you at right now? Get to get to 25 or get to 50 or get to 100. Like 10, 25, 50, 100. That, that's what I always tell people. So I suppose just kind of got through all those milestones, basically. And just kind of, again, uh, I, I learned a valuable lesson about like, uh, clusters and pods within your business and this is actually probably something f- that would be valuable for you as well and actually Iman Gadzi told me this it's having a pod so for example what what needs to be in that pod that can look after 8, 10 or 12 clients so each pod then could be worth if you've 10 clients in there your clients pay 3,000 euro that's that's 30,000 euro whatever the case may be and you build your team inside that pod so then when that pod is filled you start the second pod. Mm. So you'd start hiring the second team of that's already in here. So whether that's copywriter number two, uh, you know, account manager number two, media buyer number two, and then you start getting your next 
30k of revenue into that pod mm -hmm. and then a third pod so you build pods or build clusters whatever you want to call them mm -hmm. um so that that kind of really helped me get to that 10 25 50 100 uh milestones is in in regards to the pods what type of margins are you doing so for me it's hard to say because you know because there's so many different things right yeah. there's so many different things so for example this month my brand toy could just top your game men's men's sportswear we've had to put in a massive order for stock so that comes out of say different different accounts so for example my agency which is basically the thing that funded funded everything a, a big chunk of that so i'd have to funnel say a big chunk of last month's revenue over to toy to buy the stock and yeah. then another brand might need stock too so it's like we don't actually have funding partners for for different brands so mm -hmm. i kind of fund a lot of it so it's it's hard it, it varies different months but i do know that if it ever goes below 50 percent i'll i'll I, i'll jump in and figure something out there and something is wrong <clears throat> mm -hmm. but it, it can be below 50 percent if i'm investing like i invest heavily like i invest i invested half a million euro i'd say in the past like 18 months so like i'm always investing in stuff like that so it's hard it's kind of hard to say if that makes sense Walk me through the brand process. So you were buying up brands. I'm correct yeah. in saying that. How the fuck does like how do you do that? That seems like a private equity scenario whereby you need to look at like projections and so everything. private equity is a term that I've seen bouncing around the past ten months. <laughs> I never knew what it was before. And it's kind it's kind of like it's kinda of like the, the back back when I was trying to get my first clients, that term freelancer. I'd never heard of that. But <laughs> essentially I was a freelancer back then. Okay. So now that I'm that I'm investing in brands and, and and buying the brands, I suppose that is technically I don't know is that technically private equity? Well, valuations, valuations, yeah, 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 yeah. So effectively, like it just kind of it just kind of happened. As I said, I was stacking my money for for, for a long time. Like I would always be very very financially like diligent. Like I would never spend more than I than I basically than I basically could afford. Like mm -hmm. I would always be very, very kind of frugal. Like my parents would say, we'd give Adam five euro to go get his lunch and he, he'd come back with his lunch and 20 euro. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, I'd like, I'd cut someone's grass on the way to the shop. <laughs> or I'd, 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 I'd like, I'd, I'd do something on the way. Okay. I, I, I would. That's I, fucking sick, man. You know, like one of the neighbors would say, Adam, will you go down to the shop, get me milk, bread, etc. And here's a five euro yourself. So I, I would do all that type of stuff as a kid. So I'd be very, very frugal with like financially frugal. So I don't know if frugal the right, right word. Maybe like uh, more just intelligent, just kind of more. Yeah, more like just, just aware. Like in a good awareness. Yeah, like people would say, my family would have said, like Adam's definitely going to be an accountant. You could have you valued a dollar or a euro equivalent. You were able to do that, where whereas because you probably didn't have a lot of it, same as me. Yeah, like you know, what I mean, my family yeah. didn't have much money, and that's the reason why. Yeah. I'm very much driven towards this and also I'm very interested in the accumulation and distribution of wealth, you know? Yeah. So that probably goes back to the deep thinking thing. Mm -hmm. I was like always deep thinking, okay, I'm going to need this money in the future. Like, and because I had a goal and I, cause I, I flopped two clothing brands, I was like, I'm still not giving up on that idea. Now I have toy top of your game, which is our, my, my clothing brand, but I bought that. I didn't start it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to need this money. <laughs> An opportunity is going to come. <laughs> Where I where I need this money, right? Yeah. So I just kind of kept 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 waiting for an opportunity, and then I got a, I was supposed to work with this client, and I, he was like, uh, 
I, I, he was like, I'm not sure what to do. I kind of have another idea. I, I might need a career change, whatever. So we just sparked the conversation and jumped on a call. I got my CFO on a call and he was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. It's, it's a good valuation. It, the money is there. Mm-hmm. You can, you can do it. So how do you integrate with someone like that? Like, how do you take over that company? Very hard. Why is it so hard. difficult? <laughs> Paperwork. Yeah. Um, obviously this was a UK company. I'm in Ireland. It's, it's a massive kind of change because the company was due VAT returns and we had to get like different. Sh- so we were bringing it over to, to say the warehouse that I partnered with in, in North of Ireland. So I was like, had to change all that contractual agreements mm-hmm. that had to change with all DPD and DHL returns. Like it was a massive, <laughs> massive thing. All the ugly shit. That all the ugly so shit. I underestimated it so much. I mm-hmm. underestimated it so much. Um, but it was all a learning curve. It's mm. all a learning curve. That's why software is just so clean. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And oh, like man. even even acquisitions of software, which are bad enough as it as it is, like of a co- yeah. of a tech company, like the biggest issue you have is the employees. Like, what do you do with them? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the culture of fit, all that kind of shit. But it's not like the actual underlying fucking infantry, like the physical asset. You know? Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, exactly. So it's a massive headache. <laughs> so when did you do it? Why? Yeah. I just felt that it was the next thing, man. I just mm-hmm. felt it was the next thing. It was like something that I had envisioned. It's something that my gut, uh, my intuition taught me it was it was right to do. I don't know. Like, yeah, people say to me, "Oh, you should have kept scaling the agency." I'm like, "Yeah, that that's that, yeah. That, that, that's for you." My goal, my goal was not an exit. My goal wasn't like my goal is not like I don't have a specific like get ahead in business goal. Yeah, I have a goal of like putting my creating interests. And building something that I am investing, I have a vision for, rather than just having a, a specific kind of a continuation of the of, of the next thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Not that I was getting bored or anything, but it was just it was like I can see something bigger here, and this is the vision that I have, mm-hmm. rather than this vision. So it it just it just kind of felt felt right, felt like the next progressive thing. And what are you doing in that brand now? Like, how are you building it? So effectively the brands are again, designing new products. So obviously I have, I have a team for all this. Like I don't actually do the day-to-day management of the brand. I couldn't, right? It's not, yeah. enough, not enough hours in a day, but like the brands have teams, the brands have, you know, we have a designer, we have content creators, we have a network of like UGC creators. We have a Shopify partner. Like there's a lot that, that, the brands have been worked on, I suppose, through uh, a team as a whole. Mm-hmm. So there's a manager in each brand. I have a partner in in, in each brand, um, and it's just the brands are just kind of again building products, different marketing strategies. There's a shoot for one of my brands today, um, so it, it, they're just they're just growing, just trying to just trying to grow other brands, yeah, which is hard, very very hard, but it's enjoyable. You have the team behind you, though. Yeah. So you we're not doing the zero to one stage that you're struggling. No, with. no, no, no. Yeah. That's that's the stage that I I don't know. You can just integrate, scale the shit out of it from here. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask you about that vision board. I think that's very very interesting. Or the, yeah, yeah. the I never really heard about it. Where did you learn that from? Um, the vision board. I learned that that it came from Bob Proctor. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was so interesting. Man. I was checking in some of your some of your other work. I thought that was incredible. Why has that been? 
helpful for you? Like mapping out, are they numericals or are they more like abstract as well, whereby they're not actually like tied into a specific metric? Yeah. So every person should have two goals, a professional and a personal goal. Mm. So your, your, your goal needs to be the Northern star and all of your other goals fall into place when you hit that goal. So for example, if your goal is to buy a new house, if, if your goal is, if, if, if your goal, and, and there's different types of goals, which I'll get into after, but your, if your goal is to buy a new house, okay, that might fall into place. If you double the revenue in your company, mm. you can buy a house then. Whereas if your goal is to just buy a house, you, 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 your mind be focused on buying the house, but you might not build your company. So you could potentially go semi sideways for a period of time. So there's three type of goals. Goal A is something that you've already done. So for example, if your goal was to move to a new country, you, you, you're, you're in a new country right now, you've already done that. You don't need to grow as a human, uh, as a person to, to get there. Goal type B is something that um, if, if this, but that, if where, there and everywhere, if, if I can connect all these dots, this can happen. Mm-hmm. And goal C is your C goal, which is your fantasy. It's like, you've no idea how to, how you don't, you've removed the how you don't need to know how it's going to happen. You just need to know this is the vision board, set your subconscious mind on the target and then start thinking day to day. So when you wake up in the morning, look at your vision board throughout the day, then thoughts will come to you and say, you know what, if I actually did this or if I actually invested over here, or if I actually did this, that could potentially be the next phase to my C goal. Because when you set a goal so big that you've no idea how to achieve, then you then you'll start to get there. So, for example, right now, if my goal is to to make another twenty thousand euro per month in revenue, I, I know I'll sign four clients. Boom, I'm there. Mm. Whereas, <clears throat> if my goal is to to sign is is to you know make get to a million euro per month, I've no idea how to get there. I've no idea how to get there. I have to scale this. I have to build out a new team. Who do I have to hire? Do I have to work with it? Like you, all these thoughts start to come together and that's how you start thinking bigger. So remove the how. And then when you wake up in the morning on your vision board, have goals on there that are so big that basically when you, when you look at them, you're like, you don't know how to get there. But throughout the day, you start to think of ideas and, and different thought patterns to, to move towards. Mm-hmm. And then you grow as a human as a person you grow so that you know how to see the avenue to get there so that's kind of the, the so the c the would be something that's more like longer term so like a million per month for instance of yeah. course if you do a million per month there's 100k there's 500k whatever yeah. but having that there is instrumental in the big big thinking yeah. versus just having a fucking 25k a month goal and what i think the problem with that as well sometimes is if you just set like a a smaller numeric goal when you're 80% there yeah. or 70% there, yeah. you have to fall off the gas. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's why you don't go. That's why people, that's why I, I see people don't get ahead. I see someone who's, who, who has an agency, they're doing 15,000 a month. They're like, I want to get to 25. I want to get 25. I'm like, that's, that, that, that's, that's, that's not that hard. I mean, like you, yeah. t- time is going to get you there anyway. Just yeah. keep doing what you're doing for another period. You're going to get there with time. You're not, you're, you're like, if you're, you're, you're going, you're going kind of sideways there. You're not mm. growing as as a person there. Mm. So the goal the goal is to grow, not to get. So you get by growing. 
if you, if you just keep growing. So if he, if someone's at 15,000 per month and I'm like, go to 75, I'm like, set 75 as the target. And they're like, their thinking is different. Their structure is different. You know, they're like, okay, we actually need to have 10 sales calls every week instead of five sales calls every week. And actually, you know what? Hire that new designer, hire that new person, hire this person, get this new software. And they start doing things at a much faster rate instead of saying, no, don't, don't, don't hire that person. We only need one. We only, we don't need any new staff. We don't need a software, mm. you know, and, and, and they'll uh, eventually six months will fly by. They'll get from 15 to 25. Yeah. yeah I hit the goal. Yes. But you didn't grow, mm-hmm. you know, and the goal is to grow, not to get. So if your goal is to get. A, a, a good goal is to actually get a yacht because if you want to get a yacht, you have to grow into a person who knows how to acquire a yacht. The yacht doesn't actually matter. It's you becoming the person who is capable of acquiring the yacht. Yeah, 100%. So that's, that's kind of a goal setting lesson. Man, that's unbelievable because I just don't think anyone's thinking like that. You know what I mean? No one thinks about like no one thinks about it like that because everyone's like, oh, goals, whatever, whatever. But it's yeah. all bollocks, though. You know what yeah. I mean? To some degree, you know. Yeah. But the way you're framing it makes it unbelievable, but also believable at that point. And it can be very personal. You can keep it within yourself. Yeah. And you post on fucking Twitter, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't know? post on Twitter, but yeah, I mean, like it. It does some <clears throat> people. I think a lot of people need to do work in removing the logical part of the brain. That needs to go. Get it out of there. How? by having belief in the mentors that you're speaking to and having like reading documentary, sorry, uh, autobiographies. So if you read autobiographies, you will understand Michael Jordan done some illogical shit over the years in order to get to become Michael Jordan. So did any athlete. So did Cristiano Ronaldo who moved away from his, from his parents at 11 years of age. That's an illogical thing to do. But looking back and seeing that it's like, Okay, that was that was the step that people need. So people need to remove the logical step and understand that people who are doing big things, they they don't do logical things. That is basically what society tells them to do. They they just don't. So if you can remove the logical part of your brain and have faith and belief in someone who's credible in telling you what to do, yeah. then then you can do it. So for example, Ty Lopez, he's credible. He's done it. He's he's done everything that I want to do. When he was telling me something. If he taught me standing side of the road with one hand on my head and a hop on one leg, I would I would have done it all day. I just did not question it. So I just don't what he done. I don't what he said. And that's why I clicked though, because you had that bigger vision. And man, I recorded a hundred and forty seven podcasts. And people a lot a lot of people aren't thinking like that. Tell yeah, you that much. Yeah, and like yeah. a lot of guys who are VC backed, big companies, yeah. The VCs telling them, Oh yeah, you need a high growth startup and then they're thinking then it happens but they're not thinking in that mindset mm. so you talk about the logical brain and kind of like pretty much brainwashing yourself into that process yeah. um how do you kind of do that process without you know the interference of other people around you so if it's a small town if it's in ireland or whatever or friends family a partner holding you back yeah because you're single if i'm correct yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're in, you're in Dubai, you're in your room, you're fucking clean out room with like nothing in it. Yeah. So this can, can, can happen more organically for you than someone else. Yeah. <clears throat> but I had to put myself in that. Yeah. Like, of course. I had, to, I had to like, so back in Cork, like I, I, I had to cut myself off from everybody, unfortunately, like, and these are my best friends for life. And this was, this was the hardest part of it all. That's why I 
didn't know who you were until you were in Marbella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I didn't know, and like you're younger than me. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'd never heard of you, seen of you, because yeah. I didn't know of you at all. Yeah. So I had to, I had to cut everyone off, man. And I, I mean, childhood friends, people who I'd be on holidays with, I would walk into their house like w- without a key, like you know that mm-hmm. that level of friendship. Because every weekend they wanted to go out and party and spend loads of money and be hungover on Sunday and Monday. I was like, I can't do that right now. I just can't do that. I have to switch something around here. I have to make a change for myself. So I had to cut off everybody. That was very, very tough. Very, very tough. Get a lot of backlash, a lot of who does he think he is type thing. Um, so that was very hard. And you guys have to kind of go through a lonely phase. Mm. But I read it. I actually only read like two or three days ago. God will put you by yourself so that he can get you on the right path. Like it's a, it's a lesson from the Bible. Like God will, if you need to change or you need to get a lesson or if you need to get a certain message or be taken away from an environment, God will make you alone first always. And then he will put you back into a better, more fitting environment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just kind of have to go through that lonely phase. Have you always been religious? Yeah, very religious. I've Holy Mary tattooed all down the left hand side of my side of my body. So both my grandmothers were were very religious. I lived my grandmother on my father's side lived with me, lived in our my father's house for the last ten years of her life. Um, so like every day was was like it was religious. Like so, she went to mass like church twice a day. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all lessons of God. It was very much like Adam. If you don't, Adam, did you pray today? Um, and I said, no, she's like, if you don't, Adam, if you don't start praying, there's going to be a black mark on your soul. And I'd be saying, oh, I, I know, I know I'm going to pray. Did you go to, go to confession? Like, make sure you are, make sure you're praying, like be on the right side of God, like, like be on the right side of faith, be on the right side of, 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 of religion, of, of higher power. Like, don't, don't just, just don't be a degenerate <clears throat> living outside of what God wants you to live like. So yeah, as my grandmother kind of, I suppose, brought that for me mm-hmm. in, in, in life. And like, she'd have like rosary <clears throat> beads that like I have with me right now. Like in my suitcase, whenever I travel, I have, um, like holy water and little mini Bible that all came from my grandmother. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was the favorite. So, you know, I got to represent. <laughs> it's, it's interesting though, because not many young men from Ireland have kept up like any fate at all. Yeah. I, I don't know a happy atheist, man. Yeah. I don't know a happy atheist. They don't exist. Why do you think um, it's kind of, well, do you think it's kind of phasing out in Ireland? Yeah. Yeah. Of course it is, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's horrible. Like it's horrible to see from someone who, who has their fate. Like it's, it's, it's horrible to see. It's like, uh, it's just, it's, you need to have, like how can you how can you behave as a as as a good person when you don't think anyone's watching mm-hmm. when you don't think there's no karma coming for you when you don't think that what it all comes to an end you know you when you don't think that that you're going somewhere after this life when you don't think your spirit's going to transition into somewhere when you don't even know your spirit again people don't even know who they are that's the problem people don't like you say to people oh I'm Adam this I'm I'm Adam in a body no Adam is my name and this is my body if it's my arm my leg my body like Bob Proctor teaches who's who, who am I who is my mm-hmm. and like that's your spirit that's your spiritual spiritual being we're in a physical body that's going to eventually deteriorate but your spirit you can't destroy spirit like spirit is energy so that will 
that will transition somewhere. You ha- and and if I didn't know all that, I probably would be less of a. I probably would have less belief, which means I'd probably be less, less like less looking after my actions, I suppose. Because if 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 I felt like no one was watching me or I'd nowhere to go after my life on earth, I probably wouldn't. I just wouldn't really care what I did. Mm. Whereas when I do, when I educated myself and I know there is a higher power, there is. Um, from what the physical eye can see, there is a lot more to 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 you to, to you to me to everybody. Then I can I can behave as 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 a good person, kind of have karma on my side, and I know I'm going to transition into going somewhere after this. How do you keep up like your faith now in Dubai? So I just make sure I pray, pray all the time. Mm-hmm. Have like be don't be godless be like i live my life basically that i know i'm being watched by by god i don't Mm -hmm. i don't do people wrong i don't do fucking bad stuff like i don't just make i I just make sure that i'm 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 living life by god and i know Mm -hmm. that i'm just not going to block any of my blessings do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like there was also times where i was going to bed at night and i was praying like god if you please make this work for me i'll make it work for everyone else i speak to Mm-hmm. and like that's the promise I'm, I'm going to keep so like yeah just 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 pray just be on the right side of god you know like just just be a fucking a good person basically 100 percent. yeah it's very interesting to observe though like the view on like religion especially in ireland like christianity is the fact that like it's changed so much and then in other cultures obviously like it's it's gained more like media popularity yeah which is obviously a good thing in many regards because people are becoming more uh, connected with it. But it's just one thing where in Ireland it seems like it's going the opposite direction yeah. continuously. Yeah, it's and, sad, man, yeah. And my mom is very religious like, and she's always like keeping up that faith and I think something maybe from her family and whatnot, you know. But um, it's only when I kind of dug deep in your work, I was like, you're the only person that's actually continuing that on a, and you're vocalizing your opinion on that. Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty good, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're able to, you stand over what you believe in. Yeah, that's all that matters, man. Yeah, exactly. And like, I'll be, I'll be the one rewarded. Yeah, for that. you know, God's favorite. Hundred <laughs> percent, man. So you talked about uh, helping other people. Yeah. You recently started your community page. Yeah. Yeah. How's that process? Really good, man. Really good. I think we had like five or six hundred members in the first like forty or first thirty six hours. Fucking hell. People are in there engaging like mad. I had to turn off the notifications already on every single channel because it's going crazy. Uh, people are meeting up people are connecting like crazy people are getting help mm-hmm. um we're having our first call now tomorrow where i'm going to be helping all freelancers then the next day i'm going to help all the brand owners next day i'm going to help all the service-based business um so I'm kind of separating everybody in there mm-hmm. so that i can we can best help them and my team is in there as well so yeah it's going really well man people are connecting that was my goal I wanted to bring that to Ireland because I feel like there's all these groups in the UK or the US and there's, there's groups everywhere like out in, in Dubai I'm in a bunch of groups but I think that I, I, th- th- there's none in Ireland and like there's so many people who DM me now in Ireland they're like hey Adam I'm getting started here I'm doing this this is working for me and I want it, 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 when I was first starting I had nobody really to kind of to kind of speak to maybe one of my friends like a videographer or something but having everybody in the one group is going to be massively beneficial so i think it's like probably 50 percent irish in there right now why do you think Ireland lags behind this stuff i don't know i i, I don't i maybe i actually don't know good question man i, I really don't know i think it could be the education around it because like yeah for instance my you know my girlfriend is from the states yeah her dad grew up homeless 
he retired at 30 yeah. because he was in medical sales and made millions and millions and millions by the time he was 30. Uh, and he grew up with the idea that like, you know, you should have your own business. You should mind your own, you know, build your own thing yeah. because you don't own anything for anyone else. Yeah. And that was instilled in her <clears throat> and she's built her own businesses. That was instilled in a son. He's yeah. 21 years old, pretty much a millionaire at, at, at 21. Yeah. And that culture is just there and it's just normal. Yeah. And when I speak to her, her mom, it's just normal, you know? Yeah. And I think same in the UK. Before that, we were discussing like um, like different types of like why Ireland is kind of lagging behind with entrepreneurs and stuff. But we were also just discussing about like the nature of who listens to like our content. Yeah. And why I was saying that like older people listen to like my content in particular is because like they're trying to find out what's kind of like happening, what's hap- what, young- what are like literally younger people doing. Yeah. But the people that are listening are the US people or people that are based in Asia because I'm based in Asia now full time. Yeah. And that it seems like a lot of like Irish people are kind of not catching on as quick to this like online yeah. business space. Yeah. So like what recommendation do you have for people that are in that space that are like going through the traditional path, fucking hate what they're doing. Yeah. But now trying to to leave that world. Yeah. I suppose Ireland is this kind of small place, right? Ireland is this kind of like small Ireland's very routined. Like I think Ireland is is, is very routined. But I think you'd have to get into like you, ha- you you have to go out of your way to get your network like as I said yeah. at the very start of the podcast when I said there's two lessons I got from Ty Lopez the second one was a, f- uh, a self-education will make you a fortune whereas a formal education will only make you a living so the self-education you have that that's all down to you you have mm. to go get that so you have to go find your network you have to go learn from them so finding your own network is like that's that's your that's your job that's your purpose mm-hmm. um so that, that i think that i think it'll kind of fall into place like kind of again like the bob proctor thing that that's i just lashed on to bob proctor because when he spoke i was like whoa this guy i connected with him yeah whereas other people connect with tony robbins or, or other people it's like who it doesn't matter where you get the information once you get the information off someone so but you have to go get it mm-hmm. you you don't know what you don't know so you have to go find out what you need to find out mm-hmm. to, to make it happen. So. I, want to ch- I want to chat to you about Dubai. So you've obviously been here for a few months. Um, what's some of the advantages you've seen so far from being here? Um, I suppose I haven't drank since Christmas time nice. in Marbella. I, did not, I could not say that. <laughs> in Marbella, it's, Marbella is like a little party place, really. The, the, maybe Dubai is two people coming holidays in Dubai, but Marbella is like... You know, walking around the place, there's, there's people are pulling into beach clubs, stuff like that. Um, so I haven't drank here. I've had maybe at dinners or whatever, I've had like a glass of wine here. I've had one gin tonic here, whatever. So one or one drink here, but haven't been out, haven't been doing anything like that. So it's been, my social life is very good in that way. So I'm always busy every night of the week where I'm, I'm doing something, but it's, it's not party based. And it's not hungover based because yeah. um, we're getting old now, man. Hangovers are, 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 are not one day anymore. 100%. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's amazing that the network out here is fantastic. Um, the inspiration you get here, it's like, you know, when I'm sitting, I purposely try to get into good, uh, as maneuver myself into, into good network. So when I'm sitting down, like so many different examples just popped to mind there, but I'm sitting down with people who are like, have five or 10x my net worth. And I'm sitting down and they're like, they're, they're talking. And I'm like, whoa, 
I need I need to think bigger. I need to I need to think bigger. I need to do the next thing. I need to here, there, and everywhere. Um, it's so it's very inspiring that way. It's very it's very good network wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick up tips and tricks that way. And I suppose it's a good lifestyle here. The weather's good. The gyms are good. You know, it's it's a good lifestyle. Um, so yeah, I think the, think Dubai's a, a a good place. Hundred percent, I think as well. Like when you have that network of individuals who are just like four or five or fucking ten times uh, wealthier than you, yeah, it's like a natural progression to move towards that. Yeah, and uh, there was a lot of guys that I was I was kind of planning to record with this week, but like the majority of them are record, are doing like a hundred thousand a month. You yeah. know, and they're younger than me. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's. The fact that I think that when you're in that space, you're motivated by it. Yeah. But one question I have on that is that when do you draw the line between, okay, there's people that are richer than you and more successful than you, but finding your own pattern as well to say like, okay, like I'm on my rise. I shouldn't be chasing it pointlessly. Like yeah. how do you put in those right boundaries? Um, I suppose like, good question. How do you, ch- like, you don't want to just, I suppose, and this is going back to the, the deep thinking thing. Yeah. So, for example, when when I'm thinking deeper, okay, I could take on five more clients, but that takes that takes attention away from the current twenty clients that I have right now. So it's very much okay. Let's not take on five more. Let's not take on five more clients because we need to get the the next level of the infrastructure in place first. So you don't want to just generate a load of money and then lose your reputation because I see that happening way too much. Um, people take on so many clients, their their team can't handle it, their their system isn't there, and they kind of scale too fast. Mm. So I suppose, yeah, good question. I wouldn't just chase boundaries for, for, for no reason. I would make sure I'm on the right path to make sure I have that C goal and don't fare off that. Like that's your, your northern line, personal and professional. Yeah. Because if your personal goal is to be healthy, fit, being able to sleep amazing at night time, you're not going to be able to do that by fucking up your reputation. 100%. So yeah. it has to be in line with the, with the two, the two things. Because there's always going to be someone <clears throat> richer than you. Of course, yeah. man. Of there's course. always going to be someone more successful. Even when you go into like, you know, you're building your kind of personal brand now, there's always going to be someone who's like one step ahead oh, yeah. continuously. So that's why you need to kind of draw that line as well, as well. I've definitely even felt myself. And the health one is great because like especially what you do is like service-based if it's more clients it literally means more work now of course yeah. you have the you have the team around you now yeah but even two years ago it meant relentless more work yeah. which meant you weren't going to the gym or you weren't sleeping or yeah. you weren't eating well yeah you know and that so, has happened to me 100 percent, yeah. man you yeah. know yeah. and yeah. sometimes you even forget about it man like i literally yeah. someone who trains six days a week yeah i literally like will forget that I haven't trained in that day. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Same. Same. I have been- <laughs> that, that's, that's not a good way to live, man. That's yeah. not a good way to live. Like, that has happened to me, actually. That's why I moved, that's why I left Marbella in, in, in August last year. Mm. I just needed a switch because I was in such a bad, bad place, basically. But I've had periods where, like, it could be eight o'clock and I'm like, did I even drink any water today? Yeah. And it's like, that's not, you're, you're not even productive there. You need to step back and be like, okay, <clears throat> instead of being Rambo coming in, spraying everywhere and, and trying to take everything off, you need to step back and go on a little bit of sniper, mm-hmm. a little bit of sniper one and pick your target and be a little bit more smarter. And that's actually something that I've fucked up so many times, like as in, so there's one day of the week where I don't train, mm-hmm. uh, during, during the midweek is on a Tuesday. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't go out of the house <clears throat> to go to the gym. Yeah. 
and there's way too many days where I look down on my watch and I've done 700 steps <laughs> yeah, and it's 9pm yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'll just be like oh I was meant to bring the dog for a walk at 3 oh but that happened and then I was like yeah. oh I meant to go at 8 but then that happened yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so you just have to be just fucking relentless with how you actually yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, choose your energy because of course like yeah. there's more to goals than just the fucking financial side of things yeah yeah so for me I, I, I we use everything as a notion Okay. right now so on, on notion i just not notions basically your second brain mm-hmm. so put everything on notion and that helps massively but it still doesn't solve the problem like you have to actually consciously make sure you take the boxes every day how do you switch off to be honest I, I i don't actually probably fully switch off but i don't think i want to i don't i don't know how to if i'm honest with you like i don't Same. i don't really know how like i think last night i was awake like I was just woke up at like three or four o'clock in the morning. And I was thinking about something for like fucking 40 minutes. I'd say I'm trying to get back to sleep, but switching off. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm going to Marbella now in a couple of weeks for Rob's event. I'm speaking at Rob's event mm-hmm. and I'm going to try switch off for like that week or two. I'm going to like actually not be on my computer and be on my laptop, but to be honest, I, I, I don't, I don't particularly want to switch off. I sure. love switching off the past like year. I'm taking Sundays off. Like I used, I used to work Sundays and that's kind of that's kind of good for me now is like finish you know put away the computer turn off the notifications at like three o'clock two o'clock on a saturday and then you're good then till monday morning that that's enough for me now like previously i didn't do that for probably three years the first like three years i didn't i didn't i didn't do that at all Mm. so being able to being able to to switch off for me is just kind of sundays and it's just kind of i've i've like i've actually three phones now which is too much but having like a personal phone that is, doesn't have Gmail, it doesn't have Slack, it doesn't have my WhatsApps are minimal. So when I'm going out anywhere now after in the evening at like six or seven o'clock, I just take that phone with me. And that, that, so that means if I'm out in the evening, I'm technically switched off. Mm. So that, that's very, very helpful. Uh, Chris Williamson calls that his cocaine phone. <laughs> you, know, you, might have, you might have seen that in Mike Thurston video. No, I like him though, Chris Rizzi. He's yeah. very, 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 very nice. He has three like. different phones and one just has like SMS, like not even like WhatsApp <laughs> and shit. And then he's another one then that has like uh, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. And that's yeah. the cocaine phone that when he goes to it, it's the post generally because like he controls his own like Twitter, or whatever. But then he clicks onto it and like that's like the literally like the cocaine in your brain going mental. Yeah, yeah. And then like he has like another phone then that's like for like his friends and for like his girlfriend or something like that yeah and then he can divide that out because that's a big thing that i definitely even struggle with and a lot of people do because like you wake up and with us clients like you have like a zillion fucking yeah. slack messages yeah and you think the best thing to do is to go into that or yeah. at the weekend do yeah. you go into that and like at the weekend you feel productive when you're doing those things yeah. but you yeah. could be you're just spinning your wheels in some regards and i'm yeah. learning these the hard way man you know what i mean like yeah. really the hard way yeah I think that's the hardest part. Like the first hour of day when you wake up and your mind is just telling you, go into the office, get, grab the phone, open yeah. up the, the Slack, open up the emails, like, and have that, like you, your mind needs that chaos in the morning. If you can, if I can not do that in the morning, I'll have much more focused and better day. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I do, I'll be slightly off for the day. That's a battle every morning. When do you train? Um, I, I've recently changed. I used to train midday. No, my recent, I, I tried out a new routine about six weeks ago and it's, I love it. It's working really well. And that's because I got a car as well out in Dubai. So I get up at 5.55. I 
do like my routine and my study, my, my, my reading, my thinking, whatever for between six and seven from seven till nine 30, I, I work. So that's again, all my top priority work done. Then at half nine until half 11, I'll eat, train, eat. And by half 11, then that's eight 30 in Ireland. I'm back at the desk, showered, ready, and my day starts then. That's what I'm trying to do now as well, because when I go to the gym really early, I come back and I'm just shagged. Like my legs are exhausted. Yeah. I'm just like, you're really drained, even though yeah. like it's best for you. Well, it might be best for you physically, depends on the individual. Yeah. But then professionally, it's actually not. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is like wake up, try to avoid the slack shit, actually do work. And then when that's like finished, the heavier part, then you go train. Yeah. Then you go on to your slack stuff and whatever, or else yeah. you can do it towards the end before you train. Yeah. Because like, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I hate training in the evenings because one, I don't have to take cough, caffeine at all oh, no. after 2 p.m. Yeah, so yeah. that means I can't take pre-workout. Yeah. And I don't know how you feel about this, but when I train in the evening, all the bullshit that went on during the morning is now just in my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm training worse. So like, I think it's better in the earlier stages of yeah. the day anyway. Yeah, me too. I'm like, okay, if I can, if you can do that work, the first work block, Mm-hmm. So your work block should be like 90 minutes break, 90 minutes. So if you make one and a half work blocks in the morning and then you have like you have the huge bulk load of your your top priority tasks done for the day, mm-hmm. because then you're going to be in the gym. If you don't do it, you're going to be in the gym and you're going to be thinking, oh, I, I never did this. Oh, I, I still need to do it. I better get this done today. This is so important. And then you're mentally not really there. Whereas if you haven't done, you can train and that, 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 that like 90 minutes to two hours is like your time. Yeah. And you can actually push yourself and, 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 and enjoy it. Before we finish up, I want to ask you, about, um, what's your plans for this year? Let's go. Plans for this year. I'm going to Marbella in the next couple of weeks. Uh, stay there for a few weeks, then go home to Ireland for <coughs> maybe a week. Then I'm coming back here and I'm staying. Yeah. I'll come back here. It's the middle of summer. Everyone leaves in the summer. So my birthday is the 9th of July. I'm going to come back around that weekend. Um and just just stay here, man. Just being a good routine. Like won't be too hot. It will be too hot, but <laughs> I'm going to. But that, that but that it's means perfect. All like it's it's there's not a lot of the stuff. A lot of places are closed because it's like the beach clubs are closed. Like so, that's just kind of like that's going to be like work time. That's mm-hmm. going to be like productive, good routine. <clears throat> style and that that's what i'm most happy with is is that time like i'm more i'm more happier than when i'm in a good routine than when i'm taking time off or whatever it yeah be. So jumping from fucking idea to idea yeah 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 i don't i don't like <coughs> in 18 months i was i took 32 flights so what? yeah so that was from like 2021 and 2022 so for my goal of 2023 is like minimal travel mm. that's the plan Man, I want to say a massive thank you for this. Thank I respect you. everything you've done, man. Respect opinions on so many different things. And like, honest to God, you're actually like a big, even like a role model in what I want to do. And uh, I want to say a massive thank you, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. That means a lot to me. More, more in the future too, man. You too, man.